Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife, Bev, mm, on this mm. wonderful Wednesday. Yes, it is. Yesterday we started teaching about how much money is enough. We covered the first four keys. We're going to finish that teaching today. But first, a brief review. Number one, God requires you to have enough money to be truly joyful when you tithe. Deuteronomy 26, 11 and 12. Deuteronomy 26, 11 and 12. And thou shalt rejoice in every good things which the Lord thy God have given unto thee and unto thine house when thou hast made an end of tithing of all tithes of thine increase. God says we must be an attitude of rejoicing when we tithe. Mm -hmm. And number two, God requires us to have enough money to be able to adequately do our part to spread the gospel of Jesus throughout the entire world. Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Notice carefully the word both in the verse. It shows how we're going to be able to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. The word both is meaning literally simultaneously. So truly, what is, you know, what was more practical for us today than it is back then is that we can send people out into the world by, yes, by putting money into the witnesses that go around the world. That's it. Supporting our missionaries, supporting the outreaches through TV, radio that goes around the world. Amen. Amen. Number three, God requires you to have enough money to contribute toward a better than average standing of living for your minister. Yes. First Timothy five, seventeen and eighteen. First Timothy five, seventeen and eighteen. Living Bible. Pastors who do their work well should be paid well. Yes. And should be highly appreciated, especially those who work hard in both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says Never tie up the mouth of an ox when it's treading out grain. Let him eat as he goes along. And in another place, it says, those who work deserve their pay. That's true. Number four, God requires us to have enough money to properly provide for those of our own house. Genesis 26.25, we spoke about this in detail yesterday. 26.25 says, this is what Isaac did. It says, he built an altar there, called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tent there, and there is Isaac's servants digged a well. So Isaac's first act when he moved to Beersheba was to build an altar, seeing that things were set in place before God, God first. Then he took his family and pitched, you know, pitched a tent for his family, taking care of them. And last of all, he took care of his vocation, because he was a well digger by trade. So let's continue with where we left off yesterday, babe. Okay, number five. God requires you to have enough money to give good gifts to your children. How discouraging it must be to the children of Christian families who must always hear that after tithing and giving to missions, there just isn't enough money for them to have any of their heart's desires. This type of disappointment can embitter children long after they become adults. Here's what the Word of God says on this matter. 
Matthew 7, 9, 7, 9. What man is there of you who, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will give him a serpent? Matthew 7, 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things? Now please don't understand. We're not encouraging you to spoil your children. But I did. <laughs> but I told my girls, I said, I'm going to spoil you. But if you ever act like it, it's over. Anyhow, that's an aside. Good parents have to teach their children the value of things. However, the Bible says, never satisfying their heart's desire will affect them. Proverbs 13, 12, 13, 12. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. sick. Think about it. Just how much money must you have to tie with a joyful heart, properly fund a gospel outreach, give to amply support your minister, provide a good living and education to your family, as well as giving good gifts to your children. Number six, God requires you to have enough money to have a good savings account. According to the recent survey that I saw, Americans less than well, 69 to 75% of Americans have less than $1,000 in their savings account, while basically 25% have no savings at all. Deuteronomy 28 contrasts the believer who does what God commands with the one who refuses. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 5. 28, 1 and 5. Shall come to pass, thou shalt hearken and diligently Seek or diligently, hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. God blesses obedient Christians in their basket as well as their store. Store speaks of that which they're setting aside or storing up for a later date. From these verses, we can see that God expects us to have financial reserves. The blessing goes on for 14 verses in this chapter. Then in verse 15, God tells us what will happen to those who will try contrary to God's will. They will have no savings. Deuteronomy 28 verses 15 and 17. 15 and 17. Shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Curses shall be thy basket and thy store. It's obvious from the scripture that God wants us to have a substantial amount of savings. Please consider one or more scriptures that reinforces God's requirements for us having savings. Proverbs 13.22 13.22 A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. God says a good person leaves an inheritance for his children as well as for his grandchildren. So just how much money will it take to joyfully tithe, give proper offerings, to evangelize the world, do your part to provide a better than average living for your minister, take proper care of your family, give good gifts to your children, as well as having a substantial savings account? Hold on tight, for we're only halfway through this list of 12 things that God requires that takes money. Number seven, God requires us to have enough money to fund a proper retirement plan. 
Preparing for retirement is an expensive business, especially when you take into account the, pro the unfortunate part called inflation. The next question that we need to ask ourselves is, does the Bible really say anything about retirement? Proverbs 6, 6 through 8, 6, 6 through 8 says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provide her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the winter. You know, one of the things that I recently read was the fact that an ant only lives six months, and they actually take and store up food that they can't possibly eat, so it's really for the next generation. We want to tell you really how much to invest each month for your retirement. Only a qualified professional really need, and you need to do more than one, not just your cousin, because sometimes they have ulterior motives too. Get a full scale. The more you consult, the better off you'll be. God merely wants us to make you aware of the fact that he does say, hey, you can gather and store enough finances while you're young to see that they're comfortable and you're taking care of people in your old age. Number eight, God requires us to have enough money to pay all of our bills in a timely manner. No one really should ever have to use the word deadbeat to describe a Christian. However, there is an ever-increasing number of Christians whose reputation, well, is for not paying their bills. The Word of God says that when you walk as God wants you to walk, you will have plenty of money available for your day-to-day -day expenses, making it possible for you to pay your bills in a timely manner. Deuteronomy 28, verses 2 and verse 5 Deuteronomy 28, verse 2 and verse 5 says this, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. So there we see it again, blessing. You know, the blessing of the Lord is what makes you rich. Yes. It's obeying his things, not shortcut. Don't take shortcuts because God's watching everything. Blessings are supposed to overtake you in your basket, the money you use to meet your daily expenses. Contrast this with the financial position of a disobedient child of God from verse 15 and beyond. In Deuteronomy 28, starting with verse 15 and 17, remember what these words say. We're reading them again. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, all these curses shall come upon thee. Curse shall be thy basket and thy store. You know, there is no possible way for us to really determine exactly how much you would need to pay your bills each and every month. That's something you'll have to sit down and figure. As the scripture says, know the, the condition of your flocks and your herds. That yeah. means all your investment That's accounts right. and what you're doing with your money. So how much money is enough to be joyfully tithing, helping spread the word of God around the world, provide a good lifestyle for your minister, take proper care of your family, give good gifts to your children, and have a substantial bank account, savings account, fund a proper retirement plan, and pay your bills on time every month, we're going to have to put it off till tomorrow. We'll finish this tomorrow. It's been a while since we've been on for a few days. But, I know. I know. But interesting it's stuff. Worth it. This is... This is powerful stuff, and we'll pick it up again tomorrow. That's right, on a tremendous Thursday. Amen. And until that time, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep 
thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. God bless you. Bye-bye.